0: Hello, and welcome to the 33rd episode of the LI Law Podcast. I am your host, Zahava Schechter. The premise of this podcast is to feature issues, developments, and topics affecting the law, and how it relates to the 8 million of us who live or work on Long Island, New York, which includes Nassau, Suffolk, Queens, and Kings Counties. If you live or work on Long Island, this podcast on local and state legislative and judicial decisions is for you. Our guest on this 33rd episode is Seth Weinberg, Esquire, a civil appellate attorney based in Woodbury, who discusses why litigants should focus on winning their lawsuits at the trial level rather than relying upon the appellate process to remedy trial mistakes. Please check out the show notes for a full list of Seth Weinberg's credentials and contact information. Please also keep in mind that we will not be providing legal advice to any specific questions. Seth, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So please tell us about yourself. How did you come to work in civil appeals?
1: Well, when I graduated law school, actually before I graduated law school, I started interning at a large defense firm on Long Island, civil defense firm on Long Island. I went through law school. I graduated, and I was a uh, litigation associate handling attorney, they called it, and my day-to-day was you know, serving answers, responding to discovery responses, going out to court, and I found that I preferred writing and doing legal research and i worked my way into the appeals unit in that firm eventually became the head of that appeals unit and then eventually moved to my current firm which is really the only firm in new york certainly of this size that really specializes in uh, civil appeals
0: okay so first let's clarify when we say civil appeals we are not talking about any criminal proceedings correct correct so if if a defendant is accused of a crime and loses a trial your firm doesn't handle those appeals, correct? That's correct. And let's talk about the appellate process in general. How many uh, appellate courts are there? What are the courts in New York State? Just so our listeners have some basis for understanding the work you do.
1: Sure, so in New York, and we're gonna stay away from the small claims type cases because that's a whole other thing. It's a very complicated process, but in your regular trial courts, which in New York we call the Supreme Court, there's one in each county, And the state is divided into four chunks for each of the mid-level courts, which is called the Appellate Division. And Long Island, including Queens and Kings, are in what's called the Appellate Division's second department. Manhattan and the Bronx are in the first. Then you continue up towards the Catskills. There's a little piece of the second department again. And then as you go north from Albany on up to Canada, it's the third department. And the western part of the state is the fourth department. And then our highest court in New York is called the Court of Appeals, which is unusual that our highest court is not called the Supreme Court like it is in most places. We have it flipped. Our trial courts are Supreme Courts. And so every order of the Supreme Court or almost every order of a Supreme Court in a civil case will be appealable to the appellate division, depending on what part of the state you're in determines which department of the appellate division you go to.
0: Okay. So I want to understand, I bring a lawsuit or I'm a defendant in a lawsuit and I win is there any reason for me to appeal
1: no if you win you're not going to appeal you're going to be happy and go home your adversary may appeal the other side may want to take an appeal
0: okay so if I lose my case do I have an as you said an automatic right of appeal to the appellate division
1: nine cases out of ten do it's very rare in New York that you cannot take an appeal as of right and usually in most cases you don't have to wait for the case to end so if For example, you make a motion to dismiss early in the case and it's denied. You don't have to wait for the case to go all the way to trial and all the way to verdict to take your appeal. You can take an appeal from that motion, that dismissal order, and ask the appellate division to basically dismiss your case now before you get to trial.
0: Okay. I want to understand, though, it's probably a better idea to win at trial, though, than to rely upon the appellate proceeding, correct?
1: That's correct, but there's this doctrine... In appeals called preservation. What's that mean? That means that you have to make your arguments before the trial court if you want the appellate court to consider it. So while it's better to win at trial, you have to prepare to take the appeal or defend the appeal. And so you have to consider every argument you're going to make on appeal when you're dealing not just with your trial, but with your motions, every step of the case, because New York, every order or almost every order can be appealed you need to be prepared for any order to be appealed and you need to preserve your arguments in the trial court first. Okay, so
0: let's say I go to trial and I think that the judge or the jury uh, found the facts to be incorrect. They they did not handle the trial properly. Is that a good reason or ground for appeal?
1: Usually Um, factual issues are not the best winning appeals. It's not to say you can't, it's just that The odds are against you when the only thing you have to argue is the jury disagreed with your facts, or what you argue the facts are. The appellate division likes to let the jury have its say and doesn't usually disturb that when it comes to facts.
0: So what is a good ground, for example, for appeal?
1: Um, So for example, if the judge lets in a piece of evidence that you say wasn't admissible, if that's the piece of evidence that turned the case, the appellate division could say, the judge should not have done that, we're going to... Send it back for a new trial, and at the new trial, that piece of evidence isn't coming in. Or another way, which is usually what you want if you're the defendant, is let's assume all the facts are true, as the jury found them. The other side, the plaintiff, can't win under the law. There's a legal argument. So the facts don't become irrelevant, but they're not what the appellate court is considering. The appellate court is just saying, under these facts, there's no legal remedy, so the case is dismissed. Mm -hmm.
0: And how long does it normally take for an appeal to be heard?
1: Well, in the second department, there is right now approximately a two-year backlog from when the last brief in the process is filed to when you get on the oral argument calendar, and then it's taking approximately 90 days to five months to get a decision. So it can take two to two and a half years, depending on you know, the size of the record that goes up and, and other things of that nature.
0: And what are the costs of of an appeal as they relate to or as they compare to the actual trial?
1: Well, a trial is pretty expensive in and of itself, but the biggest drivers of costs on appeal is you have to get all of the transcripts from a trial, all of the exhibits from a trial, and you have to, you should I should say, hire an appellate printer who will make all the necessary copies and make sure that all these documents are put together correctly. That really, the prices on that go from ten to 50000 I mean, it really depends on the size of the record. And then the rest is attorney time, which is, you know, someone has to review all of those documents and write a brief, and that's very time-consuming. So it really depends on the size of the case.
0: Well, what I hear from you is that it's expensive to litigate an appeal. So it's probably a better idea to do it the right way first at the trial.
1: That's true. Um, but to do it the right way, like I said you have to make sure you did it the right way for the appeal as well, because even though you don't want to appeal, it doesn't mean your adversary won't appeal.
0: What are three tips, Seth, that you would give to our listeners who may currently be litigating a court matter right now?
1: Well, the first one would be, and and we touched on this briefly, assume you're going to lose at the trial court. And the reason I say that is, because if you're assuming you're going to lose at the trial court, you're going to put all your best arguments, then you're prepared for your appeal. Uh, a second tip would be, Don't think you need to go to the end of the case to take your appeal. If you think you should be out of the case early, take the appeal early. If you think something happened in the early stages of the case, take the appeal early because if you get a decision from the appellate division in your favor, it may alter the trial and what happens. And the third is to always think strategically. Always view every step, every request for a document you make is... How is it going to ultimately affect the trial? And then the appeal, if I either win or lose, you would be surprised how many times someone didn't make an argument when they should have because they were just so focused on what was directly in front of them at that moment. And then the case goes in, and on appeal, there's very little you can do to fix it.
0: What what I hear you saying, Seth, is that the attorney who handles the trial really has a great deal of control over the success of the trial, meaning it behooves a litigant to get the best attorney he or she can to argue the case. This isn't something that a, a layperson could figure out. Would you agree to that?
1: Yeah, I, I would definitely recommend you get the best attorney you can, and I would, I would recommend that you look to get appellate counsel as early as you can because – You know, Times have changed. It used to be appellate counsel wasn't called until the case was over and someone had to write a brief, but now people are calling in appellate counsel earlier because if they lose, they want to take the appeal. If they win, they want to defend the appeal, or in the interim, they want to show the other side, I'm serious. I'm prepared to go the distance. Let's try to resolve this case now. Let's take every possible step we can to protect ourselves.
0: So actually, it's leverage you're suggesting to be ready and to let the other side know that if you're not happy with the result you'll go to to uh, appeal
1: yes it's leverage but it's also the practical realities of if you're prepared for the appeal you're prepared for the appeal it, it's both it is both leverage and it's also making your appeal as successful as possible because it's all built earlier in the case
0: So now we're going to segue to what is on your desk, a recent matter which you can use to illustrate a teachable legal moment to the listeners. So Seth, what is on your desk?
1: I think this goes back to preparation, which is you never know which case is going to be the one that goes all the way. And we've had some cases in our office having to do with, for those who don't know, in automobile cases, it's not enough to say you got hurt in an automobile accident, you have to have a certain type of injury and you have to prove it was caused by the accident. These cases went to the appellate division and were treated routinely. No one really gave much thought to them at all, but lo and behold, behind the scenes, apparently, the judges at the appellate division had some concerns and two of the judges dissented. So the way the appellate division Hold hold on one second. Dissent
0: means they disagree. Correct.
1: So the way the appellate division works is they sit in panels of four or five judges to hear a case depending on which court you sit in. A majority is always going to be three judges. If you have what's called a 3-2 decision, meaning there were three judges in the majority opinion and two judges dissenting, eventually, whether it's at that moment or later in the case, you can have an appeal as of right to our highest court at the Court of Appeals.
0: That's because it was not a unanimous decision?
1: It's because it was two justices. So if you have a one-judge dissent, that's not enough. You need to have a two-judge dissent to get as of right to the Court of Appeals because the Court of Appeals does not hear every single case. Most of their cases, they decide to give permission for you to go there. There are certain instances where you can go as of right, one of which is when two judges dissent at the appellate division. So two judges dissented at the appellate division. We went to the Court of Appeals, and we won there. But the point of why it's important to think about this particular case is not so much the principle of law it stands for. I promise you when people were at the trial court, no one was thinking these were the cases that were going to the Court of Appeals. And no one thought that when they went to the appellate division. Fortunately, they did what they needed to do anyway, but that is not because they were thinking ahead. When we got the case after it was on its way to the Court of Appeals, we had what to work with, but there are cases where that doesn't always happen and you can be hamstrung in what you argue either to the appellate division or the Court of Appeals because the first lawyers who handled the case didn't think about the next step in the litigation. They thought about, What are the facts I need to make the most compelling argument to a jury who's going to decide facts? Not necessarily, what facts do I need to convince a panel of judges that this case needs to be dismissed on the law? And those are two different considerations.
0: And when a case is heard on appeal, whether before the uh, appellate division or the court of appeals... Are witnesses brought before the
1: court? No, there are no witnesses. There's no new trial. So the court gets, the appellate court will get your appellate briefs, the record on appeal, which contained everything that happened in the trial court. Remember, we talked about hiring an appellate printer to put everything together for you. Usually, but not always, there's oral argument of the appeal. And your appellate lawyer will go to the appellate division and they'll be give, or the court of appeals, and they'll be given anywhere from five to 15 minutes to talk about your entire case um there are no witnesses it's not a new trial
0: so how do the justices of the appellate division or the court of appeals make a decision when they don't hear from any of the witnesses they don't judge their credibility they only have documents in front of them
1: basically well the important documents they have particularly when it comes to trials is the transcript of the trial. So, we've all seen on tv there's a court reporter typing away they get those transcripts and when it comes to credibility the Judges of the appellate division will tell you they're usually not concerned with credibility. The jury made those findings as to who's credible and who's not. That's more often than not something they're not going to look into unless it's something that is physically impossible. Someone said the sky was purple and the jury believed it. That the appellate division is not going to stand by. But it's got to be something of that nature when you have a jury trial. When you have a bench trial, meaning there is no jury, the judge, the trial judge, that one judge decides both the law and the facts, while the appellate division technically has the authority to do everything that the trial judge did, again, without hearing witnesses, but it can make all new credibility findings, usually they defer heavily to the trial judge because that judge did see the witnesses and was able to measure not only what they said, but how they said it uh, in making their determinations on the facts.
0: If I want to appeal, what are my chances? I don't know if you if you know these figures. What are my chances of, of prevailing?
1: Uh, you know, th- they don't break the statistics down by type of case. However, if we just took civil cases across the board, all types, on average across all four departments. It's around 30% to win an appeal. Now, that sounds low, but in criminal cases, it's usually in the single digits to win and at the federal system and in many other states, because we practice across the country, it's in the single digits even for civil cases, appellate courts around the country uh, and in the federal system do not like reversing.
0: Let's talk about the justices for a minute, on the, both on the appellate division and the Court of Appeals. How did they arrive at that bench? Are they elected? Are they appointed? Sure.
1: So at the Court of Appeals, they're appointed by the governor and confirmed by the state Senate, and I believe it's a 14-year term. At the appellate division the appellate division technically speaking is part of the Supreme Court which is our trial court it's actually called uh, the appellate division of the Supreme Court to get on that bench you need to be an elected Supreme Court justice and you are then appointed by the governor there's no confirmation hearings governor just says you're on the appellate division there are a lot of judges in New York who are called Supreme Court judges but they're actually Acting Supreme Court judges. And what that means is they may sit on the family court or the district court or the court of claims, but because there's a shortage of Supreme Court judges in a particular county, the administrators of the court system will bestow them the title of acting Supreme Court justice so they can hear the cases that Supreme Court judges hear. Those judges are not allowed to be appointed to the appellate division.
0: Seth, is there something else you'd like to tell our listeners?
1: Sure. I guess I'd go back to my my roots for a second just to talk about my firm and, and why I'm there. So I, I told the listeners early on, I was the head of an appeals unit at a, at a litigation firm and by head of the appeals unit, I mean, it was basically me. Marlowing the party the firm I'm with now has been around for about 25 years, I believe, is is the firm's inception date, if you will. And they've had a reputation for being really the premier appellate firm in New York and now really the Northeast and our practice has grown nationwide. We do appeals all over the country. Now we do trial monitoring all over the country, and because our reputation as brief writers on complex cases, you know, we get to the court of appeals on average once or twice a year, which is a lot when you consider the fact that court of appeals doesn't take every case that they're asked to take. Our practice has grown out into what we call trial monitoring, and that is where clients will call us in early in the case to assist their trial lawyers, not only on just the legal arguments that need to be raised, but also the strategy of the case. What things should you be looking for in discovery to try and win the case early? What arguments do we need to preserve? What arguments are compelling to a jury? You know, and all these things sort of go into the soup, if you will, that will hopefully make for a winning record on appeal. And our, our clients come to us for that. Our clients also come to us to say, you know, I've had my lawyer for two, three years on this case. It's moving along. They're giving me these opinions. I just want another second set of eyes to work with the team, make sure everything's going the right way. What's this case? What's the value of this case? Am I walking into a buzzsaw on appeal? Are there issues? And we collaborate with the trial lawyers a lot to help them raise the best arguments and make sure that the client knows their true exposure on a case before they decide to go the distance. Because if at the end of the day the odds are against you winning, then the question becomes, if you are a plaintiff or a defendant on either side of the case, is how am I going to get the best resolution I can, whatever that may be. And a lot of times that's figuring out the arguments that put enough concern in your adversary to make the case settle for as good a number as possible. And a lot of times you do that without a brief, an appellate brief. You do that by making the arguments and making the threat of an appellate brief at a mediation, and you give your adversary pause that, wait a minute, these guys are prepared to go another two, three years fighting this case, and I can resolve it today for whatever amount or whatever remedy it's going to be.
0: So half a loaf is better than no loaf, basically. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you, and that's it it for our 33rd episode. If you would like to contact Seth Weinberg, his contact information is in the show notes. And to our listeners, be sure to download this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you are there, please rate us with a review that might start. I just heard on the LA Law Podcast that the Massapequa Water District is beginning a process to acquire 5,800 Massapequa customers and infrastructure from New York American Water as the private water supplier prepares to sell its Long Island operation to a Canadian company. What a great move that would be for all public water utilities to absorb New York American Water's 120,000 customers on Long Island. The LI Law podcast lets you know what's going on on Long Island and is your podcast for local tips which educate and entertain. Thanks for listening.